Welcome to Real Testaments. The messages shared at Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. We trust God that through this message, your life will be transformed and you will receive grace to influence your world. God bless you. Hallelujah. Can someone celebrate Jesus with a round of applause? Amen. Amen. Happy New Year. And welcome to the year of increase. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's a day for praise forward. And um, I usually don't think it's a day for so much, uh, what do you call it now? Um, sermon or sermonizing. You know, Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for the faith that led to praise forward. We thank you for the many things this program represents. We thank you for the many lives it has changed and affected. Lord, today we are putting our faith to work again. We are thanking you in advance, in advance, because we see increase all around us in our families, in our work, in our ministry, in our finances, in our relationships, we see increase all around us. And Lord, we ask you today as we share together in the same word that has built us to where we are, that you will manifest your glory. Thank you, excellent Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I just want to join um, Reverend Richard. Remember I said it's not a day for some uh, sermonizing. Yes, so, you know, to, to um, tell you why praise forward. You know, traditionally, you, go, you show gratitude for what you have received. Everybody expects that. Everybody recognizes that. But when you are thanking for what you have not yet seen, but you have received... Received does not mean it's in your pocket. Matthew 11, verse 24, quickly. Can someone project it? Let me show you what it means to receive. So someone gives you something, you got it in your pocket. Um, no, go to twin, Mark, Mark, Mark 11, not Matthew, sorry. Mark 11, 23 and 24. Put it in, in, in King James first. So someone gives you something and it's in your pocket, okay? So you give thanks for it. So traditionally, when you do thanksgiving at the end of the year, you are thanking God for what he has done in that year. And that's beautiful. And so many scriptures that say we should be thankful, we should be grateful, we should praise the Lord, and there's so many benefits to that. But praising forward is taking thanksgiving to another dimension. In praise forward, you are thanking God in advance for what you have received. Now, I brought you to this scripture so that you understand what it means to receive. Verse 24. Verse 24. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray believe that you receive them 
Hello, can you look at that? What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. So the question is, when do you receive them? When do you receive them? Is it when it's handed over to you? Is it when you can count the money? When you can drive the car? When you do housewarming? When do you receive it? You receive it when you pray. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. For this is the confidence that we have in him. That when we ask anything according to his will, what happens? He hears us. And another verse now says, and if he hears us, then we know that we have our what? Petition granted. So in praise forward, we receive. Receiving is in the heart. Having is in the hand. So you receive first where? In the heart. You believe you have received. So the person that had received behaves like he has it. So he talks like he has it. Because he receives it first in the heart. So that's what makes the difference when two people are sick and they come for, for healing and prayers. And you lay hands on one and then he begins to manifest healing. And you lay hands on the other and he is not. So it's the person who receives it. So when you receive healing, in your heart you are healed. That issue is gone. So what do you think happens next? Leaping and praising God. You see the difference? He received it as he was leaping and praising God for it. Then he has it. I'm sure the first two steps that guy took were not regular steps. But because the healing is in the heart. Receiving is in the heart. So when we come to praise forward, we are saying, God, that job is done. That business is done. That baby is. In fact, we, 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 we tell folks, when you come to praise forward, dance like you are in your baby, uh, uh, baby dedication. You that is thanking God for, 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 for marriage, dance like it's your wedding reception. So that's why we are like crazy people when we come to praise forward. Because we are, not, we are not dancing for the now. We are dancing for the future. You cannot be ordinary when you are dancing for the future. And when you do that, ah, every time people manifested that kind of faith, the Bible says, and, and Jesus marveled at their faith. He marveled. But there are other times that Jesus also marveled at their own belief. In fact, in one place, he wept. John eleven thirty five. 35. Jesus didn't weep because he loved Lazarus. He wept because of the level of unbelief. He wept. Hallelujah. So this morning, Pastor Richie says I should share with you briefly on the anointing for what? Increase. Because that's our theme for the year. And I did remember her share here several times that when the word is given for the year, it's most times a proclamation, not a promise. Some people take it as a promise. So our bishop says this year is the year for the anointing for what? Increase. So they hear, okay, it's the year for increase. So they go and they say, okay, God is going to increase me this year. And they take it like it's a prediction. 
Now, there are two types of prophecy. Prophecy can be a prediction. A prediction meaning um, what we call foretelling. F-O-R-O-E. Then you put dash telling. So you are telling what will happen in future. It's like, um, is there any game happening today? Which one? Oh, are we playing today? Jeez, I'm not aware. Please, what time? Hey, thank God. I hope it's not 11. <laughs> okay, so, somebody, let's assume for one reason you are able to see the score ahead. And you are now telling us, Super Eagles and Tunisia played today. It was 3-0 in favor of Super Eagles. Yeah. Uh, they win match like that too. <laughs> now game strategy, they win match. Not be amen. Okay, so, so uh, amen is not a plan, Abby. <laughs> so, you have seen the scores and you are saying it. So, what are you doing? You are predicting. You are foretelling. Now, prophecy can also be what we call foretelling. Foretelling is I am proclaiming. I am speaking aloud. I am projecting. Now, I'm not predicting. Now, I am projecting. I'm foretelling. Do you understand? I'm foretelling. So, you are proclaiming something. And that's when you say, when, you know, you know uh, why am I entering this today? Oh, I'm trying to bring back now. If I enter that one, it go long. So, um, when Paul was talking about, um, he said, how come you come in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you know, he was saying, how come whenever you gather, one person has a song, one person has a psalm, one person has a prophecy. Did you see that in the Bible? Good. But it was not saying that everybody in that church is a prophet. But everybody in that church prophesied. In fact, he said in one place, I wish that you would speak in tongues, but that you should what? Prophesy. He wasn't saying that you should foretell, predict. He was saying that you should proclaim. So in foretelling, we proclaim the word. So the priest over the house, like the man of God, comes in here at the end of service and he says to you, your path is tending upwards. Your light is shining brighter. What is he doing? He's prophesying. But exactly what he's doing is foretelling. He's telling you based on what he has seen in the word. The word of God says that the light of the righteous shines brighter and brighter. The word of God says that his, your path tends upwards. So he's proclaiming the word over you. Hallelujah. So when you are in a service and pastor says prophesy to one another. He is saying, proclaim the word of God. So, the, the prophecy we get at the beginning of the year can be a foretelling or foretelling. The one we have this year is a foretelling. It's a proclamation of the word of God. So, it means that it's something that is possible, it's realistic, it will happen, but there is a path we need to play in that process. Am I making sense now? Praise God. So what's the theme for the year once again? The anointing for what? Increase. The anointing for increase. Hallelujah. Now, I, I just want to dwell a little bit on those two key words. Those two key words. And what are the key words? 
the anointing and what? The increase. Okay, maybe we should talk about the increase a little bit. Hmm. I have used two scriptures already that talk about increase. The light of the righteous shines brighter and what? Brighter. Who is the righteous? I don't expect you to struggle with that. The righteous is the child of God. We are born in righteousness. We are created in righteousness. Paul writing to the Ephesian church says in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 24, he said, and you put on the new man, which after God is created in what? Righteousness and true holiness. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21, he made him sin. Who knew no sin? That what? We might become the righteousness of what? Of God in him. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. He said, therefore, they that receive the gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace will do what? Reign in life. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So righteousness is no longer an attainment. Righteousness is a gift. It's a nature. When you got born again, you became righteous. So righteousness is not what we give to you when you have served four years and you have done well. And God says, ah, okay, you are now righteous. Take. No. Righteousness is the nature of God that we inherit. Our new man, the man who got born again, now has the nature of God. And that nature is righteousness. Hallelujah. Now, there are many other things that we receive from God by virtue of being born again. One of them is the blessing of Abraham. The empowerment to prosper. The ability to move from one level to the other. Hallelujah. So, when we talk about increase, increase means to grow. Increase means to advance. Increase means to move forward. Increase means to upgrade. So, when we say this is the year for the anointing for increase, we are saying this is the year where there is an anointing for making progress, advancing, growing, upgrading, moving forward. I love the way the Bible put it in Genesis 26 or thereabout when he talked about Isaac. He said, and the man waxed strong and very great and he did what? Moved forward. That talks about increase. That talks about increase. Now the reason I'm dwelling on this part of this theme is because if you are not careful you will think that the team suggests that this year, God is going to give us anointing to increase. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? If you are not careful, you will think that the team suggests that this is the year that God would give us the anointing to increase. So when you have that kind of thinking, the natural thing to do will begin to look for the anointing. 
You begin to look for the anointing. You begin to wait for the anointing. You begin to ask for the anointing. You begin to expect the anointing. So let me land it here and I'll take my seat. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. This is a troublesome scripture. Can you see it? Can you read it? Can we read it together, please, if you have your Bible? I hope you didn't only come with your Agbadaya and left your Bible at home. According as his divine power had given unto us, how many things? All things. things That pertain unto life and what? Godliness. Through what? Through knowledge. let's Let's leave it there. It says his divine power had given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That means everything that is requisite for life, including increase. One fundamental characteristic of all living things is what? Growth. In fact, they taught us in primary school that one of the ways to know living and non-living things is that living things do what? They grow. So it is embedded in every living thing to grow. And that they do by, by the multiplication of cells, division of cells in the body. So everything that is living increases. So God's original intent for all living things was to do what? Increase. So the Bible says here, he had given unto us all things that pertain unto life. Everything that is requisite for life, including the increase that we desire. He said he has given it to us already. So if we went to God and we are asking God for anointing to increase, God will be wondering what we're talking about. Because he says he has given unto us all things that pertain to life. And godliness. So when I see any promise from scriptures, the first thing I ask myself, is this a promise of something that would happen or something that has happened? And many times I find out, in fact, when you walk into the New Testament, when you come into the Gospels, and when we talk about the Gospels now, we're talking about from Romans down. You know, you can read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and still don't know why Jesus came. Those were stories about Jesus, especially Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Because John was a bit different in his writing. You saw all the other ones talked about, they started by how Jesus was born. But when John was going to write, he said what? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was what? Was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. I love to recite that place from verse 1 to as many as I can remember. So he focuses on the divinity of Christ, the person of Jesus. So that's why his writing is a little bit different. He focuses a lot more on that. And so if you really want to understand Jesus, then you need to start from that kind of revelation. So when you come into the Gospels, you will see that there is nothing that is lacking in the believer. So that's why the greatest revelation a Christian will have is not the revelation of the power of God. It's not the revelation of why there are 24 elders. What's it concern you? 
Do you understand? <laughs> the mysteries of the, of, of the throne room. Eh? <laughs> Which is what they can do. <laughs> Why are there 24 elders and not 23? I don't want to understand it. See, let me tell you. The greatest revelation a Christian can catch is the revelation of who he is in Christ. So, that's why that scripture says, according as his divine power had given unto us all things that do what? Pertain to life and godliness, but is limited to something. What is that? Knowledge, information. For my people are destroyed. For witches and wizards? What destroys God's people? Lack of knowledge. So, the more you know, the more you manifest. So, your greatest revelation, when you say, I have caught Rema, that Rema had better be on a deeper understanding of who you are and what you have in Christ. The more you know it, you walk with it, then you see the results. So, let's go to the second word, the word anointing. The word anointing. Don't forget the title is what? Anointing for what? Increase. He says he has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Which means he's given us the anointing. So we have the anointing. First John chapter 2 verse 27. Let me show you quickly. Please come on project it for me. He says what? Can you read it together everybody? But the anointing which you have what? No, 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 no. Somebody's not seeing it. <laughs> I thought we should wait for the anointing. I thought we should pray for the anointing. Maybe we start 60 days. Now they do fasting for a year. And they fast. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, we are young people. Let's do 100. So that we will let everybody know that we are a powerhouse. Let's pray 100 days for the anointing. What did he say about the anointing here? That you have what? Received. You have it already. He said, the anointing which you have received of him abided in you. It stays. It's there. It's part of all things that pertain to life and what? Godliness. It's there. He says, and you have need you have not need that any man teach you, but the same anointing teaches you what? All things. And it's truth. And it's no lie. And even as it had taught you, you shall do what? Abide in him. So the anointing is there. What is the anointing? What is the anointing? What does it mean to anoint? To anoint is another English word for to rob. So when you are rubbing cream in the morning, you are actually anointing yourself. You are anointing your body. Whether it's anointing oil you use or ororo or whatever. It is anointing is what? Anointing. So anoint means to smear. To rub. To spread. On something. Acts 10.38 Quickly. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with fragrance. With what? With the Holy Ghost and with what? Power. So the anointing is the Holy Ghost. Acts 1.8. 
and ye shall receive what? Power. After that what? The Holy Ghost is on you. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. The Holy Ghost on you makes you extraordinary. So, the, in Jesus, God gave us his best. God gave us his best because Jesus was God's only begotten. But in the Holy Ghost, he poured out his all. He poured out his all. And he knew that without the Holy Ghost, we were limited. So he said to them in Acts, don't go yet. Wait until you be endued with power from on high. For you shall receive what? Power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come on you. So when you receive the Holy Ghost, you receive power. There are two dispensations of the anointing on the believer. The first dispensation, every believer, when you come into Christ, you get the first level of anointing. It's called the anointing for living. John chapter 1 verse 12. For as many as receive him, to them he gave what? Power to become the sons of God. Um, John chapter 4 verse 14 says to us, He that drinketh of the water that I shall give him, shall not test again, for the water that shall give him shall be in him a well of what? A well of what? A well of water springing up to everlasting life. A well is your personal property. He's talking about the spirit of God. He's talking about the spirit of God. A well is your personal property. What enables you to live well? So, when you bring that back to John chapter 1 verse 12, as many as receive him, he gave the power to be the sons of God. Meaning that you need power to be the son of God. So, that's why a Christian is remarkably different from an unbeliever. A Christian forgives, a Christian loves, a Christian gives. He has the power to do that. He said, that for the love of God is shed abroad in our heart. No matter what you do, it's easy for him to forgive. It's easy for him to love. When you read about love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you will know that it is impossible without the power of God. Should I show you? 1 Corinthians 13, amplified. Maybe I'll just take two verses. We're coming back here quickly. 1 Corinthians 13. Um, give me 7 and 8. Quickly, let me show them. Love bears all things, regardless of what comes. Believes all things, looking for the best in each one. Hopes all things, remaining steadfast during difficult times. Endures all things without weakening. Does this look like what an ordinary person can do? <laughs> Even brethren can find it hard to do this one. Our society tells us that it is smart not to forgive. Because nobody can take you for granted. They can't, you can't ride on me. You understand that? But in the word, love is the characteristic of a Christian. That's why it is called one of the, it's a fruit of the spirit. It's one of the things that exude out of you. Because of the consequence of the new nature that you have. So, but you need power to do this. That's the power he's talking about in John chapter 1 verse 12. For as many as receive him, to them he gave what? 
power, ability, enablement, endowment. Hallelujah. So there are things we don't pray for when we are in Christ. It is a nature that we have. I cannot imagine an eagle, a baby eagle, fasting and praying to be able to fly. A dog can pray to to, to fly. He can fast so that God will enable him to fly. But an eagle does not need that prayer point. Why? It is his what? Nature. I want you to begin to see these things from this perspective. You have it. So, I've talked about the first level of the anointing. The second level of the anointing is what we find in John chapter 7, I think verse 38. On that last day of the feast, Jesus stood and shouted, He that believeth in me, out of his belly shall flow what? Rivers of living waters. The same water. The first time he talked about the water, he said it was what? Well. So, well is for your personal use. You can cover the well, put a padlock on it. When they want to fetch from the well, they will knock on your door. Or God, please, open your well. Let me fetch from your borehole. What about a river, sir? Can anybody block a river? When you, when you put something to cut a river off, it will push you and the thing away. A river cannot be stopped. You know why? The river is for the community. It's for everybody. That is what we call the anointing for service. Hallelujah. After that, every other thing is a refreshing, a refilling, never a new experience. So, if you are waiting that, oh, this year is the anointing for increase. So, you are waiting, you are hoping, anticipating that perhaps in May, perhaps in June, you will just wake up with excess anointing increasing everywhere. I'm sure they'll take you to that place they call Yabale. Because that's not the anointing. So what am I saying to you this morning? I'm saying to you that the anointing for increase, you have it. You already have it. Hallelujah. What is that anointing? The enablement, the empowerment, the ability. And that is because you have received the blessing of Abraham. That blessing that makes everything you touch to prosper is on you already. The Bible says in Galatians, let me look for it now. Galatians chapter 3. Quickly, let's, let's look at it. Just project it. I'm, I'm rounding off now. Just project it. Galatians chapter 3, verse 7. He says, And the scripture foreseen that God would justify the hidden through what? Faith. Preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, Indeed shall all nations be blessed. The ability for increase, the ability for multiplied result on little effort, that grace, that blessing was bestowed on Abraham in Genesis 21 and 22. However, he then passes it from one generation 
to the other. So when Abraham was about to go, he called Isaac and he imparted on him the blessing. When Isaac was about to go, he had a problem. Now, the tradition is the first son who receives the, the impartation, the blessing. But Isaac had two sons born same day. So he had a problem. Who would he give it to? You all know the politics that played out. Eventually, Jacob received the blessing. And I said to people, if the blessing that Jacob received was physical goods, when he was running away, did he run away with anything? Yet, the brother was still pursuing because there was something he had taken that was more than the cars at home. All the goodies, the bank accounts, they were at home. Esau left them and was still pursuing the man that was running empty-handed. Why? What has come on him is bigger than those things. So, and the man went into a foreign land with nothing, with no savings. Before you knew what was happening, what was inside him began to come out. You cannot have the blessing and lack the blessings. And so, the Bible said, Jesus, seeing that the hidden needed to come into this blessing, which was you and I. If we were to wait for Abraham to Isaac, Isaac to Jacob, Jacob to this and this and that, it will never reach us because we are not in that lineage. So what did God do? God produced a shortcut that in Christ we are hooked. What does it say? The next verse 9. Verse 9, quickly. So then, they which be of faith are what? Blessed. With who? Faithful Abraham. So, the hidden, you and I, who come into Jesus, become partakers of the blessing of Abraham. And what was that blessing? God said to him in Genesis chapter 21, in blessing I have blessed you. In multiplying I have what? Multiplied you. Glory. And one time one man tested the blessing. His name was Isaac, the first person who inherited the blessing. He was in a hard place, difficult time. Economy was bad. Economic was in recession. Things were not working. He remembered the last time we suffered this kind of hardship, we went abroad to survive. So he took his family from experience. Let's go where? Abroad. And as he was going, God said, no, there is something that you have. When your father went abroad, he didn't have it. But now you have it. There's something you have. Don't go. Stay here. Let me show you something that you have. And the Bible says he stayed there. And in that same year, he sold. And then what happened? He multiplied. He became great. And he did what? He moved forward. That is exactly what you have. What then do you do when you find out that you have the anointing to increase? Already. What do you do? I will close with this. Isaiah chapter 54. What do you do? Are you still there? Isaiah 54. Oh, I love the way Jesus, God talks. Just look at this verse 1. I wasn't going to read it. But look at how God talks. See what he says. See how God talks. If you want to experience the God life, you need to learn to talk the way God talks, see the way God sees. Do you understand that? See how God talks. Sing, O barren, 
thou that did not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud. He didn't say cry for your situation. I know some of you will stop there and start going home and start crying. Look at me. All my mates have married. I have not married. All my mates have money. I don't have. All my mates have this. I don't do this. That's not what he says. He says, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. So what is he saying here? You that have never tested success. You that have never seen increase. You that have never achieved anything. Start celebrating. Go to praise forward. And start celebrating in advance. Why? Because what is coming your way is bigger than the man who is experienced in increase. So if God had gone to a woman that had nine children and told her what he said in the next verse, it would have made sense. But who was he addressing? The one that has never had a child. See what he says in verse 2. What did he say? Enlarge the place of thy tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of thy inhabitation. Spare not space. Lengthen your cords, strengthen thy stakes. Next verse, next verse. I'm in a hurry. For thou shalt do what? Break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make desolate the cities to be inhabited. What is he saying? He's saying, now that you know that you have an anointing for increase, in, enlarge your habitation, increase capacity, increase the things that you were doing. If you were making plans for 2 million this year, he says make plans for 10, make plans for 20, because there is an anointing that you carry. That is the anointing for increase, that's the anointing for enhancement, that's the anointing for upgrading, that's the anointing to move forward. So what do you do? When you go to a man that is expecting an increase, sir, you will see it, you will know. You will know. That's why he was talking about faith. Faith is not a mental ascent. Faith is an action. If you don't act it, you don't believe it. So I have changed the definition of faith many years ago. And I say, faith is the action you take as a result of what you believe. So, when Jesus saw their faith, the woman with the issue of us, if I can touch him, I will be healed. And she touched him and she was healed. And when Jesus saw her faith, it was the action that he saw. You can't see what is in a man's heart until he does something. Actions display motive. So, he's saying, if you are expecting increase, do the work. Enlarge capacity. Prepare for it. So I say to you, sir, I'm going to give you a brand new car this year. And you don't know how to drive. If you believed me, what will you do, sir? You are going to learn how to drive. You will, go, you will go home and say, ah, that my car that is coming, where will I park it? You will make space for a car. Because you are expecting it. But when you come in, no preparation. He has not gone to driving school. I know he didn't believe me. Because believing is in the action. Ladies and gentlemen, God's word is specific. This is your year for the anointing for increase. If I were you, I would dig out all those proposals I have forgotten. All those business ideas I have thrown away. All those hopes that I have thrown away. Those things I thought were impossible. Because God has come to tell us that we have what it takes on our inside.
to make those increase a feasible reality. So I pray for you today in the name of Jesus that this year, increase will not be a theme only in your ears. I pray for you today in the name of Jesus that you will be the evidence that this is the word of God given to us through our apostle in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for you this year that you shall take success in areas you failed before. I pray for you this year that those level of, of enthronement, advancement that was far for you in past, in time past, this year, you will touch it, you will experience it, you will have it in your pocket. I pray for you this year that you will make progress. I pray for you this year that you will advance. I pray for you this year that your capacity to manifest God will increase in the name of Jesus. I pray for you this year that your ministerial fruit shall abound. You will do more for God this year than ever before. You will give more this year than ever before. In the name of Jesus. God's grace is multiplied upon you. And because he has anointed you and blessed you, no man can curse you. You have the anointing to increase. God bless you. This message was brought to you by Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. For more information, log on to our website at www.churchforreal.org. Church for Real. Influence your world.